Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 56, and it gives me great pleasure to uh, uh, introduce as our guest on this episode the captain of the Grand Rapids Griffins, uh, Matthew Ford. So let's bring Matthew right in. Matthew, thanks for joining us, and uh, I appreciate you doing this. All right. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, captain of a team is, is, is great, and I know last year, your first year with the Griffins when you win the Calder Cup, uh, I guess my first question to you is is that we always hear about a Stanley Cup hangover, but was there a such thing as a Calder Cup hangover because you fellas on December 21st, I think you were 500, and then after that you played 750 hockey. Uh, uh, why the turnaround, and did the season just start off slowly because you won the Calder Cup last year? You know, it's, um, until you kind of go through it, you, you don't think there's a Calder Cup the hangover you don't think that the that thing kind of exists you don't think it's going to happen to you um and you know what uh, the beginning of this year we just weren't the same team that we were last year we weren't playing the right way we weren't um you know we were trying to win win games the easy way we weren't um you know putting in the work to have the success we needed we were and you kind of mentioned we were 500 we were five games below 500 and uh we were one of the, the the lowest teams in the American Hockey League, and uh, we kind of not only Nelly, but as a group, we we looked at ourselves and we said we were wasting time, we were running out of time, and uh, if we kind of didn't bowl, grab the bull by the horns, so to say, um, we were going to run out of time to make playoffs and put ourselves in a position to, you know, uh, just give ourselves a chance. All we kind of talked about was you just got to make playoffs. You don't need to be the number one seed. You don't need to be. Um, home ice, that wasn't the worry. It was just getting in. And uh, we uh, just kind of as a group, we, we strapped on our boots. And if you look at the, the way we played, um, we found ways to win rather than finding ways to lose that we did in the first half. I We always hear about your captain of the team, things aren't going well. I know you mentioned Todd Nelson, your coach, and as a group, and we've had uh, Eric Tangrady, who uh, is one of the alternate captains on the team on the on the podcast before. Uh, was there an impassioned uh, Matthew Ford getting up in the locker room and uh, uh, just spurring the boys on to victory, saying, hey, we've got to stop? I mean, did you have to, you know, as the leader of the team, the man with the C on his, uh, on his, uh, on his sweater, did you uh, uh, feel compelled? that you had to address the fellas? No, um, we had a talk and, and you know what, I, I threw my thoughts out there and that's something that we that stays in the room but kind of the way I feel the best way is being a leader and and um, the way I'm going to do it, I didn't want to change is, is just trying to reflect how I want the team to play in my own play. Um, I realized that um, being in that role as captain, he first year um, maybe I was playing a little bit different or, or whatever I, I realized I need to take care of my own play first and in doing so um, you know the rest of it's going to take care of itself I realized I need to be doing things the right way I need to be uh, playing that gritty game the winning the hard way myself and uh, and I think a lot of the older guys and and not only older guys but guys that uh, had success last year um, kind of you know, started to figure it out and realized uh, the way they needed to play. It was really kind of came from within the room. Obviously, Nelly had a huge influence. If you look at some of Nelly's teams in the past, he's been through it before with, 
and and I've been through it too with them in Oklahoma City. We had a team that was I, I want to say eight or nine games below uh, 500. I don't even think I think we were second to last in the league, and um, I don't think anybody expected to make playoffs or um, honestly, but. With Nelly's team, by the end of the year, um, whatever magic he does, we seem to be clicking on all cylinders and uh, seem to be playing our best hockey come the second half when uh, when you really want to. You joined the Griffins in the 2016-17 season. This is your second year. Uh, you just mentioned it, Todd Nelson, the coach of the Griffins. You had uh, He was your coach when you were playing for the Oklahoma City Barons. Uh, I would imagine, and I, I guess it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but one of the reasons I would imagine you came to Grand Rapids was it because of Nelly. Yeah, that was, that was one of the huge things. Um, the past that we had um, success in Oklahoma City and... Um, but also the combination um, of what the, the Red Wings' uh, philosophy is, and they uh, they really believe in in winning um, and developing through developing their young guys. Because I know I'm just a piece of that puzzle for uh, the Red Wings. That uh, developing the young guys through winning winning culture, and uh, Grand Rapids has had that, and you know the past number of years. I, I think it was six seasons now they've made the playoffs and. Um, being older in my career, um, one of my top things on my list was putting myself in the best position to be part of a, a winning team. You know, you can't uh, you can't really always bet what team you're going to be on that's going to have the best chance to win the Calder Cup because there's so many unknowns in terms of uh, injuries, so much more than the NHL because whether it's call-ups or injuries, uh, it happens it's that many more at the American American Hockey League level, but um, you know, I I thought the Red Wings was was going to be a good fit, and Nelly, I've always loved playing for him. Um, we have this; uh, he creates this culture around the room where uh, it's it's always fun to come to the rink. And uh, even when we were having those those rough times in November, um, he still had that faith in us and uh, believed that we could get it done. I don't think there was ever this doubt or or guys starting to panic and he didn't put that in us either he wasn't um guys weren't gripping their sticks when they came out to play and that's why you kind of see the success here in the second half uh you start the playoffs uh this coming saturday in manitoba and you know most of the time even though it's a 2-3 format in the first round in the ahl uh i don't know if uh, i can remember scotty bowman always told me he would much rather start on the road because there's less pressure yet it seems like the Bell MTS uh, place where the Manitoba Moves play is like your home away from home. You fellas are four and zero against them this uh, year in that rink. Is are you looking forward to going to Manitoba and playing in a place as I said that is seems to be your second home? Um, we've had some success playing there this season, but uh, at the end of the day, um, I. We've, and, and probably on the road, I think if you look at our second half and our road uh, record, we've we've had some success. But really, um, in a five-game series, it's so short. And to start on the road, it's tough. Um, Seven-game series, it's a, a whole different beast. But uh, you go there, we, we definitely need uh, to, to win at least one. And uh, they're a good hockey team. If you look at it, you know, the middle of the year, they're they're in first place by, by a huge stretch. And they had some guys called up and... 
um, some injuries, but uh, they seem to be getting their guys back, and they have goaltending now that uh, it's going to be a series. It's going to be tough, and, uh, you know, we just need to take care of ourselves. I don't think it matters if we're playing at home or on the road. We're going to need to uh, kind of strap them on here as we get up to Winnipeg and at least steal one up there. Well, you were 2-2 two and two against them at Van Andel Arena, uh, yet, when you went on that run after the uh, 21st of December, uh, they were in first place uh, in the division. Uh, you were, as you said, I believe in dead last, yet you made 26 points up on them. And uh, granted, you said call-ups and some injuries, but you finished second, you finished third. So uh, I would imagine the mindset of the team, of the Griffins going into the playoffs, is, is that uh, not only can we uh, uh, certainly compete with anybody, but we have a, a, a real legitimate shot at defending our Calder Cup title. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're, we're a very confident group, and we're playing the right way, but we're also a completely different team from last year. And, uh, you know, what? the the mindset of this group is, is not maybe the same mindset that we had last year. This group, um, the way we play, we need to wear teams down. We need to... Uh, um, limit guys, uh, limit offensive chances by, you know, right now we're not looking at anybody else but Manitoba. We were just worrying about this five-game series. It's one of the toughest series of the whole stretch because um, the emphasis is winning right away. You can't you can't throw games away. And, uh, you know, um, for us to have success and the success we've had down the stretch here, um, we're going to have to play a gritty game against uh, a team that's, and fast. I know you don't have it's out of your control. Do you like these five game series, or do you wish it was a, a seven game series? Um, I'm I'm not. A, it's out of our control, but I'd rather see a seven game series because um, you know you get the home seed, but you start the first two on the road, and uh, you have to go there and win, and uh, you can't come back. You can't. Uh, you lose the uh, home ice advantage, losing two there. You're gonna have to win three in a row when you come back home. So it's it's tough. It's probably, I'd say, probably one of the toughest series. You look at last year when we played Milwaukee in that first series. Two of those went to OT, and yeah, we swept the series. But uh, those games could have gone either way. They were they were one of the toughest teams we played in in probably the playoffs uh, outside of Syracuse because they. You know, in that short series, uh, the team that has hot goaltending or, you know, steals a game here or there, um, things could uh, bounce the wrong way. Well, uh, obviously, best of luck in that series. You know, uh, Matthew, when I look at at your stats, your birthplace is West Hills, California. Uh, I have a lot of relatives out in California, and years ago, I was a Kings fan, and this is, I'll show you how old I am, when I, they had the purple and gold uniforms, and I looked high and low uh, when I was visiting my relatives one summer out in California for anything Kings, you know, especially a purple shirt which said Kings on it. I love the Queen's crown on the jersey, all that stuff. I was totally, I couldn't find it at all anywhere. There were some rinks there and, and some rinks and malls, but I couldn't find any Kings stuff. I mean, I'm sure that changes. Can you talk about being a California kid and how you got into hockey? Yeah, um, you know, my, my dad was uh and his three brothers were all born in Toronto when my dad was pretty young. Um, my grandfather moved his four boys out to Los Angeles, and they all played hockey, and he was a big... Uh, he had a lot to do with one of the youth hockey programs out there. And 
when I started hockey at the age of four, in five five years old, that age, in the the late eighties. There's a there's a lot of rinks, but really it was that wave after me when the Gretzky and you know Anaheim and San Jose that really that boom more Gretzky than anything else kind of uh, took off in the popularity of ice hockey. I uh, you know what I was I was I played out there for ten years, but for me to, maybe guys don't have to do that anymore. But for me to be on the ice every day and get that opportunity, my my parents sent me to a, a boarding school that uh, to you know give myself the best opportunity to play hockey, and that was Shattuck St. Mary's in Minnesota. Um, being in California, even with the amount of rinks there are, um, my parents to, for me to be playing for a competitive team would have had to drive two hours a day and in Los Angeles traffic, which means I don't even know how many hours, but um, they made a lot of sacrifices for me to play hockey in Los Angeles, but if you look at it today with the amount of AAA teams at the youth hockey level, um, I want to say outside of some of these huge states in terms of in hockey, in terms of Michigan and Minnesota and New York and stuff like that, I want to say they're fourth or fifth in terms of uh, uh, NHL draft picks in terms of states, just because they they started at the grassroots level, and uh, really, Gretzky probably has to do with most of that. When that trade happened from Edmonton to Los Angeles, it was a huge uh, influence on the uh, youth hockey in Los Angeles. You go from uh, beautiful, uh, you know, sunny California, uh, where the you know the weather for depending, I guess, where you live, but especially Southern California, pretty nice all the time, and you go up to St. Mary's, uh, you know known throughout the world as a, as a great uh, institution, and especially for hockey. Was it much of a culture shock? Was it much of a, an adjustment going from, you know, the, the uh, sand and surf to, uh, to the cold and ice and snow? Well, at the age of 14, it wasn't really so much the weather or being able to play hockey or the culture that the school created. It was, it was tough moving away from home, being an only child, um, to be honest. Um, that was probably the toughest thing, <laughs> probably tougher for my for my mom than myself. But uh, that was that was also part of the sacrifices that they made to to give me that opportunity. And and you talk about how prestigious the school was. Um, a lot of those guys that you give credit for putting Shattuck on the map in terms of Crosby and McKenna, um, in terms of uh, really Parisi and stuff like that. Those guys were all my age or younger than me so at the time I didn't know I was going to a school that was you know producing hockey players that would not only be NHLers or be uh, star NHLers I just saw the school and this opportunity to be on the ice every day and and I thought uh, and I wasn't thinking about playing pro hockey for me it was I'd like to play college hockey and that was really my my goal at that age and uh, after you end up going to the University of Minnesota uh, Wisconsin, not, Wisconsin. I mean, by, but yeah, sorry. Hey, oh, that, that's I, that really, that's a tough one to take. I, I can take a lot of schools, you know, but that's, like that's telling, one of our biggest rivals. So that's like I, telling a Michigan tough. player he played for Ohio State. I, I apologize. <laughs> no uh, problem. 
<laughs> yes, you, you, you become a Badger, uh, University of Wisconsin, uh, and uh, uh, the college hockey experience. Uh, I, I, you know, with the, you know now there's always a debate. You know, do you go to college? You know, you play college or do you go to the Canadian Hockey League? How do you do it? Uh, but it sounds like your mind was pretty much made up that you were going to go the college route no matter what. Yeah, my that was something instilled by my parents to, that uh, you know I I whether I play hockey for another 10 years or whatever, I'm going to need an education. And uh, that was something from a very young age that um, I saw as a goal, and I didn't really think anything else other than playing college hockey. And that was really my dream more than anything else. And to have that opportunity, uh, you know, to not only do that but play pro hockey, it's uh, pretty special. You know, it's not something I take for granted. Right. No, I mean, uh, you know, obviously uh, the uh – uh, I, I think probably with the development program, which was in Ann Arbor, now is in Plymouth. I mean, American hockey uh, has really come a long way when you when you look at drafts and just look at rosters uh, uh, in the AHL and uh, in, in the NHL. Uh, the USA has really upped their game as far as uh, being able to compete on the world stage in hockey. Definitely. And uh, going to the University of Wisconsin, we, we had a lot of guys that were – um, you know, with with the coaching and in terms of the facilities and everything else, they were able to recruit some really good hockey players there. And uh, you know, that's that's a place I also was able to be part of a pretty special group. In in '06, we we won the national championship at Wisconsin, and and a lot of those guys as well have uh, had success at the pro hockey level and the NHL. You know, you play, uh, you, you've been a, a pro for, for a long time. Uh, uh, you know, I, I had an interesting conversation with Tangrady about this as well, Eric Tangrady, when he was on. Um, you get to a point where, you know, you're still, you know, you're still chasing the NHL dream and you look at it and you, I don't know, if the, the, you, you know, you look in the mirror, there, there comes a point where you say, and you said earlier in the podcast that you know what your role is now in Grand Rapids and it's to... Uh, uh, to mentor uh, some of the younger prospects, young, younger Red Wing prospects. And I know talking to Anthony Mantha, Tyler Bertuzzi, Martin Furk, I, I mean, some of the fellas, they mentioned you as instrumental in helping them in, uh, uh, go through some of the, uh, some of the growing pains. And uh, uh, I, I'm kind of curious, uh, you, know, it, it's, you know, and this is a tough question for me to ask, Matthew, but it, is it difficult when you think, eh, maybe, maybe I'm not going to hit the NHL? But I'm in the second best league in the world, and uh, you know I, uh, I I enjoy obviously playing hockey. I have a passion for it, but I also enjoy you know imparting my wisdom on some of these younger guys. First off, that that obviously means a lot hearing that those guys said that, and and uh, that's one of the things I take a ton of pride in is is seeing guys go up there. You, you mentioned those guys and guys that got opportunities this year in terms of Turgeon and Hicketts and stuff like that. And going up there, seeing them have success, that I kind of uh, I take some pride in that. And I know all of us here in Grand Rapids do in terms of the coaching staff and the other guys that are they're excited to see them. Um, you know, not only play up there but do well up there. It looks good on everybody. But uh, on on the side of me, um, you know what I. It was always a dream, and, and I think it's every every kid's dream when they're a young boy to play in the NHL. And I've kind of 
had different goals when I played pro hockey. Some of my first years um, playing professional hockey was just about making it as an everyday American Hockey League player, which which was really tough when um, I didn't put a ton of points up in college or anything like that. And and once I was able to establish that. I signed my first NHL contract. I, I changed my goals, and my goal was to give myself a chance to, to play a couple games. But uh, over time, the, that goal's changed, and it kind of all goes back to why I ended up here in Grand Rapids. Because my goal, you know, you t- we talk about uh, mentoring and, and, you know, seeing these guys develop, but it was also about winning. And, uh, you know, it. Uh, I found the right place and where I wanted to be, and you see, uh, you know, right now that's my goal, and and we did it last year, and uh, we got a pretty special group here, and uh, you just got to get in the dance, and uh, it starts again this Saturday. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about some of the some of the young prospects, and uh, a guy that I think everybody roots for for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's only five foot eight, and number two, because he reminds a lot of people of of uh, Detroit area native uh, Tory Krug. But that is Joe Hicketts, and believe it or not, uh, Matthew. Uh, Joe Hicketts led the Red Wings in plus minus this year at plus five. So I mean, it's it's an it's, it's an interesting stat. I was looking at their season-ending stats, but uh, Joe came up here, excelled. He's uh, you know he's a terrific kid, has a great personality. Can you talk a little bit about him and uh, uh, your impressions of him as a hockey player? Yeah, that puts me put a smile on my face as well talking about him because um, he's a guy. Um, not only is he everybody cheer for him because he's because he's undersized but he just he plays with his heart on his sleeve every night and uh you know what uh, the fans see it but the guys see it just as much in the locker room because because he cares because he's having fun and uh you know what that's i'm happy to see him have success up there and you know what i i hope they give him more of an opportunity as they go forward here because he um you know, he's a big part of that of our success down here. Well, yeah, I, let me ask you something about because you know, you, you know, Jeff Blaschel said something interesting. I mean, you're six foot one, you know, two, over two hundred pounds. You know, you're 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 a big player. Hicketts is small. Uh, Blash said that he has to do everything excellent. That he can't have any drop off on his game and. Uh, you know, I thought because of the way the rules were switching that maybe, you know, smaller guys could make it. But uh, do you see what Blaschel's point? Do you see what he's talking about where a guy like Hicketts is, is behind the eight ball simply because he's only five foot eight? Um, I think I think the game game's a little bit easier for bigger guys in terms of just being able to, you know, if you're in front of the net and a forward, it's tough to move. And if you're, you're a defenseman you can and you're big, you either have a long stick or you're able to make harder hits. But... I think Joe Hickens has been here in that his whole career that he's he's right. too small right. or or whatever you want to say he's always been the underdog and I, I think he relishes in here in that and uh, you know it, he he plays that way too he's he's not going to let anybody say no to him and, no uh, he yeah he is somebody that uh, you know he is really. Um, I know it sounds kind of corny, but he's endeared himself to the Red Wing fan base for sure. Uh, rookie on your team was uh, AHL all-rookie team, uh, Philip Ronick. Uh, Red Wings were really high on him. He had a little bit of drop-off after development camp last year, but uh, in 67 games, he has 39 points. He's a plus 24. Uh, certainly the Red Wings could use some help on the blue line. Uh, can you talk a little bit uh, about uh, Ronick and uh, uh, were you surprised at his development, or could you see something very early on? 
Um, I think when he came in last year and he he joined us after he was done with juniors and he kind of he played a few games at the end of the season and I want to say he got in a couple games in the playoffs. But you could tell there was a skill set there. You could tell he um, he knew what he was doing offensively. But uh, come come his first full year pro and. And I don't really, I don't know if people realize how hard it is, especially for a young guy to make it in the American Hockey League, because it's so competitive. It's you know, guys guys are not only trying to make it in the American Hockey League, but obviously get themselves to the NHL. And for a first year pro, um, he had an he had an unbelievable season. And uh, not only what he did on his on the power play for us, he was one of our best guys on the power play in terms of breaking out the puck. Um, if you look at um, if you guys ever watch his play or some of the highlights, just getting into the zone on the power play is one of his top strengths. So right there, he's a great skater. But uh, what I like about him, too, that, that I didn't really know last year especially, he plays with a little bit of an edge and, uh, and he, for, for a defenseman and somebody who already has some skill, that's, that's just another you know, feather in his cap. And uh, you know, at some point, he's going to get his opportunity, but he's he had a hell of a year down here, and uh, to do that is to you know put up almost 40 points as a defenseman. Your first year um, in the American Hockey League's very impressive, first year or not. And so, um, you know, it's a, he, he's got a promising future ahead of him. Uh, another uh, prospect that Red Wings are very, very high on is uh, Evgeny Shvechnikov, and uh, Shvech was up here for a little while, but he's back down with. Uh, uh, with with the Griffins, uh, I know I talked to Tangrady a little bit about him, and he said, you know, he thinks he has all the talent in the world. It's uh, it's just experience. Once he gets the experience, he should blossom. Uh, uh, what's your view on uh, uh, Evgeny Shvechnikov? Gino's another guy. He he loves the game so much, and uh, uh, right off the bat, when you look at him, just from the outside, you can tell he's he's probably one of our most talented players um, in terms of offensive ability right right away but uh the other side of it is he's willing to do whatever it takes to in uh, the sacrifices he makes he's one of the hardest workers on and off the ice and i think night and day i think he's thinking about what can he do to be the best hockey player and you really got to love that passion but at the same time i think he puts a ton of stress on himself um you know he he works very hard, and I think it's going to come. He's going to get his. He's he's obviously got opportunities, but um, you know as we go forward here, uh, he just needs to keep putting those reps in. So yeah, I think experience is probably one of the biggest things for him. Um, but, how I, I wanted to ask you about Tyler Bertuzzi because. He was penciled to make the wings maybe out of training camp on the fourth line. He got injured. Uh, he uh, went back to Grand Rapids for a little while. He got called up and worked his way all the way up onto the wings first line with Henrik Zetterberg and, and uh, Gustav Nyquist. But uh, Bertuzzi seems to be a guy who plays with an edge as well and seems to have a knack to be around the net, even though he's not one of the bigger guys that you're going to find. No. Um, I mean, I think we, everybody was a little bit surprised that uh, he didn't make the wings right out of training camp, but with, with a few minor injuries and, and all of us, you, you have to think we had a super short summer. We had probably half the summer that a, a lot of hockey players have, um, but I don't think anybody's surprised to see where he ended the season. And uh, I think if you, you talk about Tyler Bertuzzi's game, and I'm probably a broken record talk 
because everybody else says it. In, he plays his best hockey in the biggest moments. Um, if you look at his stats and playoffs, um, you know, go no further. He was our playoff MVP. He was, uh, you know, obviously it would have been unbelievable to have him down here, but he's he's a bona fide NHLer, and you know he he's a huge part of uh, probably a core piece for Detroit going forward here. And uh, he's one of those also heart and soul guys that you know. Those games are on the line, whether, you know, I just think about the, some playoff games and all I can think about is the grit and, uh, you know, not only is he physical and plays hard, but uh, he does have that knack to, uh, to put the puck in, especially right right in the blue paint, which is a tough place to go. Uh, how about Vili Sariarvi? Uh, he, you know, he bounced a little bit, you know, was with with Toledo just to get some playing time, but, you know, 42 games, no goals, but 11 uh uh, 11 assists, you know, he seems to be uh, perhaps a guy that uh, that the Red Wings are, are, are sort of counting on. Yeah, he's uh, he's probably one of our fastest skaters, if not the fastest skater on our team. And you look at today's NHL, it's all about skating. So, you know, um, as we go forward, he's going to get more opportunity. How many, uh, with how many returning defensemen we had coming back from a Calder Cup championship team, um, adding Phil Heronic and stuff like that made it tough for him. I think anywhere else in the American Hockey League, he's uh, he plays every game for us down here in Grand Rapids. But you know, this is a hard lineup to crack, especially as a defenseman. Um, but uh, going forward, I, th- I think he only has upside, and I'm excited to see what he can do as well. You know, I, I know we have to let you go here, Matthew, but I want to ask you about one more uh, player. who He hasn't played much for you, but he's a defenseman, and the blue line seems to be a, a, an area that the Red Wings are, are going to try to fix, but that's Libor uh, Sulak. I mean, uh, uh, you know, signed him last year. Uh, do you have any kind of early impression on him? Um, do I remember, I think, my first impression from the red-white game all the way back in training camp because I was like, who was this guy? I didn't know too much about him and then all of a sudden defenseman got a breakaway in that red-white game and scored probably one of the prettiest goals in the game and if you fast forward um, now to the end of the season and he jumps in the lineup here and I want to say he played uh, I don't know two or three games here right here at the end but uh, he's a big body um, and for a big body he can move well and he's got a good stick so um, I'd like to see what he can do with the, you know his first you know, at some point when he's playing a full year over here in North America, because it is probably a little bit different game, and there's there's some adjustment, but uh, you can definitely see the skills there there as well. Well, Matthew Ford, I wish we could continue talking. I really appreciate you taking out the time. Uh, Captain of the Grand Rapids Griffins, good luck uh, uh, against uh, the Moose in Manitoba beginning on Saturday. I know Saturday, Sunday, you're in Manitoba, and I believe uh, Van Andel next Wednesday, I think it is, is when uh, yep. Game 3 would be. Uh, thank you very, very much. Uh, best of luck, continued success, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Thanks, sir.